0: And if I look at a place and I have a firm decision to say, look, I could actually live here myself and these are the reasons why, chances are that someone else will be thinking the same thing. Mm. So that's going to benefit me as an investor because I'm going to find the tenant that I want in the market that I want. And later on down the track, I'll be able to sell that asset too to someone else who will be thinking along the same line. Going one,
1: going twice, no All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of The Property Pod. We are back in the studio finally, and I'm super excited for today's show, John. Yeah, well, I think the the, the fact
2: it's been a, a two-week break, um, we'll just sort of use the fact that it wasn't our responsibility, Was you know, it's, uh, it's got nothing to do with us. So it was just, you know, good stuff got in the way. So, um, but uh, Chris... We've got a you know, special guest to reach out to us actually which is awesome because um, he you know, became a friend of the pod and we didn't know about it but he's just reached out and said he's just super excited to talk all things investing because turns out that, you know, him and his partner set a goal um, a few years back that they've just uh, really aggressively um, expanded a, a portfolio and like in a very, very short period of time was able to, I think in the notes and we talked um, with like six properties um, which is insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. And it's,
1: it's amazing. Like Chris reached out to me last last week while I was stuck in lockdown with COVID. Mm. And, you know, it was amazing. I got the email. I got a phone call from him and then it followed up with an email. And the knowledge that this guy has for yeah. somebody that's just jumped into the investment space is astounding. So mm. we had no choice. We had to get him in on yeah. the likes. <laughs> We're here today on a Friday just to get this on on recording and i'm super excited for today's episode i know it's going to be a cracker we could waffle on a bit longer but i think we should just jump straight into it
2: chris uh welcome on board mate thanks for thanks for joining us absolute pleasure thanks for having me on yeah i know one of the well i suppose one of the things that's always useful at the start is um you've prepared one of the best essays of notes for us that we've ever seen um now but in this sense people won't see it but it Obviously it's just a true reflection of your entire real estate journey up until this point, yeah. It
1: actually um, makes me nervous, John, because I'm like, are we equipped to handle such yeah. a professional? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're just giving you tips on how to use the mic and <laughs> even then that probably wasn't very good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, I suppose one thing would be really fun just to start off, Chris, is that, you know, um, if you could take us back to day one when you started thinking about this, you know, like uh, what, what, where were you then, uh, what were you thinking and what was the goal? Or even if you had one to start with, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, so my wife and I were working full time and we were running a small business on the side and we both reached a point where we wanted our money to work for us. Okay. Um, we had seen people burnt out. Uh, my wife has a, sm- a small business in the wedding industry and she mm. saw someone go through some pretty um, serious health scares. Okay. Mainly due to stress. Mm. And at the time I remember um, reading a quote from Warren Buffett and he says, if you only have one source of income... Your one paycheck away from poverty, mm, mm. and so that really got me. So we were working hard, and we thought, "Gosh, there just has to be another way."
2: Mm. Well, I, I know there was a mate of mine. I was just chatting with a minute ago. We we went to school with him, and he he had the very simple. He just asked Johnny, "I'm getting all this confused advice. Like, you know, we um, should wait because um, you know interest rates going to go up. Oh, I should just just buy and don't worry about it." And my thought to him was, "Is it?" Um, I said, "Well, look, him and I—we're still young, but we're old enough to say we're old enough to remember." And it's sort of a, a case that you will regret every house you didn't buy, mm. and you regret every house you haven't sold. And it was sort of a, my thought to him was, if you're, if he's sitting there trying to st- purchase a, a block of land in his case, um, and he's stretching himself out to the max, where then. ...work becomes nothing but servicing mortgages. That's a really dangerous space to be in, right? Mm. Um, so I suppose in what you're saying there where um, at that point you're both working really hard... ...and you're wanting to make sure you don't get to the point... ...where you're observing your friends burning out, um, like just throwing the course... ...you went stuff it, we're done. Mm. And this is sort of where you started to look, okay, how do we ensure that we're going to... Worst case scenario, the wheels fall off and we're going to be okay. Is that sort of where the lead into starting to consider investment came into it?
0: Definitely because, um, you know, this was actually around a time where I was in between jobs. Mm -hmm. I was technically on my first day of unemployment and we we were looking at doing...
2: (laughs) We are just wearing pyjamas, you know, no no, no, (laughs) no, no pants day.
0: (laughs) Always no pants day. Um, I was on my first day of technically unemployment Mm. and we were looking at doing some landscaping in our backyard. You know, we were just focusing on just... PBOR, Principal Place of Residence. Okay. I had no idea about investing at this point. Right, right. And um, I actually, we went, we were looking at gardens. We were like going for a walk down Lindisfarne, per, basically perving on people's houses. Yeah, sweet. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like, I'm glad you used the word perver yeah. because let's face that's what everyone's doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I actually rolled my ankle really badly. Right. I just tumbled down the hill. So I was on crutches for six weeks and I was basically couch bound. And what I ended up doing was um, consuming. Podcasts and YouTube videos and a heap of content for about 12 hours a day. Oh, right. Um, I really deep, uh, you know, took a really deep, deep dive. dive into it because I had never understood any of this stuff before. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to, but I always thought, you know, that's, a, that's something for future Chris to look at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris to
2: worry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Chris. Yeah, future John, he worries about a lot of things. <laughs>
0: So look, we, and we started talking to a friend who I used to work with. It turns mm. out he, he, he's an investor and he was doing it quite successfully. Um, just kept it under wraps but we found out that, yeah, this is what he was doing and he sort of mentored and supported us. Oh, right. Um, mm. And, you know, a large part of that journey was self-education for us. So okay. a lot of Facebook groups, a lot of podcasts. Podcasts were the best thing for sure. Mm. Like mm. I would just listen to it all the time. You know, and, and what I'd sort of do along the way was um, I actually had a like a Google Drive Word document where I had a bit of a glossary. So every time I heard a term, could be capital growth or whatever whatever the word is, I'd write it down mm. and I'd start to see people say certain things like commentary about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Then I'd put those comments in the Word document and I'd start to see all these trends and patterns emerge. Okay. And that sort of was a large part to, to help me figure out, you know, um, What's actually the real content there? There's a lot of spookers out there. Yes. There's a lot of noise. Yes. And I think as a first-time investor, it was so hard to try and sift through that all.
2: Mm. Well, I know the the idea of, you know, it, it's not, now it's like a TikTok expert. Before that was Instagram expert. Before that was Facebook expert. <laughs> Before there was, tele, you know, telemarketing expert. Yeah. So it's, it, the the thing is, I suppose, when it comes to knowledge, it's very easy to sound intelligent. Mm. But usually, those that have a lot of wisdom use fewer words and don't feel the need to complicate it with fancy terminology. So, is that what sort of the idea was? Is I mean, like PPR, for example. I mean, straight off, that's just something that you're used to saying your primary place of residence. You could just say where I live. Where I live. Yep. Right. Exactly. So the it was it then. Um, I mean, you're consuming so much damn stuff. The problem is then is that when you've got too much knowledge... ...it's trying to actually put that in an actionable plan. So is that where condensing that information to be useful moving forward... ...is that where that glossary um, started to come in handy?
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, Where it really came in handy was figuring out sort of our strategy. So for us we really resonated with the idea of finding assets... ...that can build uh, through capital growth. Sure. And the reason being was because when we first started we thought we want to keep our options pretty open we don't want to limit ourselves in and a lot of people were saying that like in terms of capital growth you know that's where you'll be able to pull out equity to purchase more properties so uh, for us from that first one um, we've been able to generate some equity along the way to fund the other ones and so that was always the idea but we didn't Definitely didn't have all the answers to start with. It's been this evolving process as, we, as we've accumulated more assets.
2: Yeah, gotcha. So I mean we could we could dumb it down, right? To, I mean we're, here you are writing your glossary page, capital growth, what's that?
0: So basically capital growth is this idea, <coughs> excuse me, mm. capital growth is this idea that properties will increase in value over time. Sure. And one way to look at it is supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at a, a location, I'm going to pick Sandy Bay, for example. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have a house there that's, um, you know, valued at maybe $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, over time, that's a suburb that people will want to live in. And then because they want to live there, um, it, it, the basically the supply and demand equation will change. There's mm-hmm. limited supply and there's high demand. Because of that demand, um, basically people are going to pay more for that property Uh uh and therefore it's going to go up in value. And that's what we refer to as capital growth.
2: Yeah, definitely. So it's just you paid three hundred thousand dollars today. Now the current value because of demand in some sense in the area, it's you'd sell it for four hundred thousand dollars today. day. You've, there's a hundred grand you've grown, and so that's your capital growth,
0: yeah? Yep, exactly. Yeah, cool. Yep. cool.
2: And it's sort of I mean, I know it was um, I was putting you on the spot there, but I, I, I like the idea where rather than you people saying all these terms and you just assuming you know what they are, you took the time to stop and learn. Mm, mm. You know, because I wanted to just drop an anchor in the sense that I'm going to jump around. But today… It's <laughs> like, something you know, different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. So it's, well, it's important to know why you're here because now you, you both have six rental properties. Is that right? Correct. Six investment properties. Correct. And you're able to accumulate in how, how much time?
0: Uh, 22 months.
2: In 20, see, that's insane. You know, so so this goes… To, I mean, to be able to act that fast, I can only assume you needed. Damn well documented action plan. So, when now, like you've 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 accumulated all this knowledge, um, I can only assume you might have been really, you know, your wife was really excited by it, or she was sick and tired of hearing about it. Um, where was the point where both of you got on the same page to go right? We need to start. It's time to start doing something. What? How did that come about?
0: I am I'm, I'm incredibly lucky to have such a supportive and amazing partner. Mm. Um, and right from the start, we've been on the same page.
2: Oh, right. Um, so it's just like, yep, we, yeah. we're a team.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, cool. And we've sort of focused on different things. So my wife is really great. She sees incredible potential in a lot of these assets. So mm. places that are a little bit tired or run down, things that will give me heart palpitations. <laughs> and then we decided to act on it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It turned out to be the best thing ever. Right. Okay. Um, but for me, I really like details. So I will zoom right into the spreadsheets, a lot of crunching the numbers. Numbers like, play, yeah. I really love my bookkeeping. I don't know why. My accountant says I've missed my
1: calling. Yeah, I yeah, love right. spreadsheets, mate. If I can put a spreadsheet together with some numbers, I am all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it makes me feel busy for the day too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I make this big spreadsheet full of info. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's just like it's so cathartic, isn't it? Like, look how pretty this is. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's so efficient. So, yep, I'm all over that, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, look, teamwork was a huge part of it, and still is. Um, and in terms of that plan, like w- with our first property, we had a rough idea of what mm-hmm. we we're looking for in terms of growth and asset selection but it wasn't until we got to the second one we sat down and really nutted out a plan okay and that really started with this idea of saying look before we get ahead of ourselves why are we doing it like what's our actual purpose? what's the end game what's our end game mm. um, how, how what are we going what do we want to achieve and then how are we going to do that so what are the steps so mm-hmm, didn't we didn't have to go into the minutiae into the real nitty-gritty detail mm. but it was just about having a broad broad idea of saying this is what we want to achieve. Um, and then you kind of just sort of plot down the goals that you want to achieve. And mm-hmm. we had about ten versions of this document. It was like this huge, huge cumbersome ten-page document. Right, right. Got it down into a one-page A4 document. Yeah, yeah. It sits on the fridge. So, you know, it's constant reminder.
1: It's always there. Mm. Um I love that. Yeah, just having that on the fridge to look at every day to just remind you what the goal is. Yeah, mm. exactly.
0: And that's what they say. They say, you know, you're much more likely to actually action things if you do write them down in terms mm. of goals. Well, I
2: suppose revisiting them too. Like I've, the amount of times I've written goals, I don't remember what they are. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they ended up in that journal like five pages back and like, oh, I guess I'll just write some new ones, you know. <laughs> um, but they're having that, that consistent focus. Every morning where you're both reminded, hey, this is why we're doing it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, spotted. okay.
2: So what was the difference in that process of buying your first investment versus your second one?
0: So the first investment… change? Yeah, so the first investment was um, in an area called Devonport. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite interesting because my wife grew up on the same street that we bought that First investment property, mm-hmm. so she knew the area incredibly well. Oh, right, okay. So, my mm-hmm. wife grew up on the north- northwest coast, and that's where our investment portfolio sits currently.
1: I'm an Albeston yeah. boy, so know the area well as well. Yeah, <laughs> excellent.
0: The, the difference between the first and the second one was that, um, with the first one, we we put in a lot of detail, so we really looked at we looked on Google Maps, we looked on domain on realestate.com, we used micro burbs to try and track affluence score to find the best suburbs <laughs> and the not so best suburbs, okay. Because because we really wanted to target those sort of middle tier um, areas. Which so, what, what would you, how would you describe middle tier? I would say um, areas that have reasonable potential. Mm-hmm. I'd probably class them as that sort of more, you know, middle class areas. That's that,
2: that's how my girlfriends have always described me. Middle tier. Middle <laughs> tier, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, potential.
2: Middle tier gives
1: a lot of room to grow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of room to grow, right? <laughs> you got tickets on yourself. Yeah. You reckon you're that like, high, oh, John?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the point. They saw tickets, so I just didn't act on it. Uh, gotcha. So it's just, but yeah, you're not sitting there trying to. Um, it's bread and butter, I often think of it as.
0: Totally, yeah. And and that's the thing. We wanted to pick things that we believe would perform well over time, but they didn't I didn't we didn't want them to be completely maxed out in terms of, you know, completely renovated or anything because we wanted to generate some equity, we wanted to do a bit of work on them so then we could pull out a bit. In terms of the first to the second one, the second one was really interesting because after the first one, I I, I went more into my spreadsheets and my documents. Mm-hmm. And I put together this like scoring criteria. I had these list of things that I was looking for, and I had a checklist. So we would drive up to the northwest coast, we'd look at a property, I'd pull out my checklist. <laughs> the agent's looking at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'd be impressed. <laughs>
2: I'd be like, "Oh, are you got a spreadsheet? <laughs> Can I see it?"
0: <laughs> and what was happening was that um, I I started to get really stressed. I was like, mm. "Look, we can't find anything, blah yeah. blah." And then there was this with the second property purchase. Um, how it turned out was that we went and fortuitously we went and inspected this property by chance we weren't meant to be there Mm. and it was a bit of an accidental purchase and the genesis for for that purchase was when we stepped into that house i had an incredible feeling to say we need to buy this house
1: Mm.
0: it was a um two bedroom one bath uh 900 square meters overlooking the bass Strait. Not a blade of grass out of touch. This, this man was moving to a nursing home and he had kept the place pristine mm. like it was preserved from 1985. <laughs> and I was like, this house has a lot of pride in it. It's obviously been looked after. It's a little bit tired. It needs a bit of a refresh. And I just have this overwhelming feeling like we need to buy this house and we need to restore it and give it back to someone who would really like to live in there.
2: Okay. Isn't that interesting, you know? The, yeah. I, I, it's so true with property is that we buy on emotion and justify with logic later. Mm. Um, and, you know, that instance where you're trying to do, use nothing but logic... ...stressed you the hell out. Mm. And it probably got you a point of, you know, um, analysis paralysis... ...where you just, your checklists were so long that it could never be satisfied. Exactly. And the second you walk into a place and go, eh,
0: yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that's right, you know. And I know in the investing space, you know, a lot of people say... ...take the emotion out of it. And I understand where that's coming from because a lot of it's numbers game. Mm. But at the same time, I think there's only so much that numbers can give you... ...because yeah. at the end of the day... Um, what, ...what does data represent? It represents desirability. It represents where people want to live. Mm-hmm. And if I look at a place and I may have a firm decision to say... ...look, I could actually live here myself and these are the reasons why... Yeah. ...chances are that someone else will be thinking the same thing. So that's going to benefit me as an investor because I'm going to find the tenant that I want in the market that I want, and later on down the track, I'll be able to sell that asset too to someone else who'll be thinking along the same lines.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, I think the other thing I see when it comes to intuition is intuition is actually probably more so developed through, um, you know, study and experience. the The idea that you were going to walk into that house the first time you'd ever seen a house and go, "This is what's going to happen visually," would well, probably not. It developed over the fact that you've been crunching all these numbers in the past and you've been doing all this research and then finally you came into a point when then everything aligned to say, okay, this is the one to go for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And the other thing around that too is that with that particular property, like um, it's in West Olveston, and we know that, well, my wife knows that area really well. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't listed online. There was no address. And she's like a unit when it comes to Google Maps.
1: <laughs> so she
0: stalked this house and she said, Chris, this is probably one of the best streets in West Olveston, yeah, right. And so we we had the data there to back it up, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't till I actually stepped foot into that into that house mm-hmm. uh, that it, yeah, got me in the feels.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, go to the feels afterwards. You're like, right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah cool, exactly. cool.
0: Yeah, because all the data matched up, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the missing piece of the puzzle was that intuition.
2: So so matching this, then the one thing I forgot I cut you off was to talk about the goals that you have on that fridge. All right, what is? What do they say?
0: So, originally our goal was to hit five five to six investment properties in five years. Okay. And we've hit that in 22 months. Yeah. So, we've hit our target now. So, at the moment, we haven't changed those goals. Mm -hmm. They're still sitting there. At the moment, we're going to sit a little bit tight for the next 12 to 24 months just to keep an eye on things. Mm -hmm. And it's probably a good time just to consolidate the portfolio. So, ultimately, that goal really talks about we want to achieve X passive income, by x date yeah and to do that uh we're going to accumulate these properties Mm -hmm. with the vision to retire some of the debts so we could potentially wait one to two property cycles you know with six properties sitting there we could sell three of them Mm -hmm. because in one to two property cycles touch wood the properties might double in value Mm -hmm. and then that'll pay off the debt for the remaining so then you live unencumbered with the remainder of the properties
2: Yes, I mean you both had a, a, a good goal that you could both stick together. And, you know, it is it is difficult for a lot of people trying to buy their first property. But I suppose the biggest thing is that you had both, um, you know, had a goal and you're both on the same page as that started. Now I'm curious to know though because in your notes um, you'd mentioned the idea that you'd learnt, you've learnt from your friends who had... Tried to, you know, borrow or gain, but they borrowed absolutely everything they possibly could and then bought the most expensive property they possibly could. Whereas you guys were a little bit um a bit more cautious about it and didn't stretch yourself as hard as you could. Is that is that what enabled you to be able to move quicker?
0: That was a huge part of it. Um, you know, I jokingly say that my wife adheres to the Warren Buffett style of investing. He mm. looks for deep value. And for her, like, she really likes to identify assets that have a lot of potential. Okay. That generally means buying at a lower price point yeah. than what we've got the budget for. Fair enough. Um, sorry, than what we've been allowed to borrow. So, yeah,
2: but buy cheaper, not more expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. um, you know, to, just to give you a bit of a, a, a price range, um, the most expensive asset that we've bought mm. was three fifty. Yeah, there you go. And we were basically given a budget of four fifty to five hundred for each purchase. Wow. Okay. And we managed to, you know, um, in terms of that, like we managed to get properties under three hundred, mm-hmm. usually sitting around the three thirty mark. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely still some incredible. ...you know, deals out there. Obviously, Mm. the market has moved a lot. So, you know, buying in Devonport in in late 2019 is different to what it is now. Of course. But at the same time, like our philosophy was to not max ourselves out... ...in terms of what we could borrow... ...because we knew we would have more borrowing capacity... For the next one,
2: yeah, that's so interesting, and I think that probably ha- ha- hails back to the, uh, the story with my mate, which was, well, mate, don't bo- don't get the most expensive damn thing just because you can buy it, because mm. it gives you no room for leverage for another one, mm. or you know, God forbid the interest rates do rise up a couple of points, like then all of a sudden he's working for no other purpose than to pay interest on a loan, not you know, mm. not you know, into. Not, not, not both. Exactly. So, with um, so when you're, you know, with that, then um, it's not as sexy to buy the, unsexy property. Uh, you know, no,
0: that's right. And people looked at us like we were a little bit strange. In mm. a way. Like you know, we had some sort of feedback from, maybe friends or family that thought, okay, that's a bit of an unconventional idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Why are you buying that yeah. why Why are you buying that house? Mm. And part of it is being a little bit contrarian and seeing this deep value. Mm-hmm. That, exists, that exists there.
2: So what would be another way to phrase deep value, do you suppose?
0: Another way to rephrase deep value would be buying something that's potentially under market value. Okay. And I know that's a trigger word mm-hmm. in this current market. I would argue that it's difficult to buy under market value. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you're buying is the market value.
2: Fair enough. Things
0: yeah. are moving so fast. But yep. deep value to me represents a few things. It represents a location Mm -hmm. that's going to be desirable for a renter and also into the future. Mm. Deep value also represents some type of a a value add or upside. Yeah. So that could be the land size. You know, it could be the configuration of the house. Mm -hmm. It could be the street it's on. And the other thing I find really important is this X factor. Mm -hmm. We've always really tried to look for this X factor in our property purchases. Okay. And that's generally been, you know, like it could be something as simple as, cul-de-sac that's very quiet that doesn't have a lot of traffic through it Mm. or it could be um you know close to amenities or something like that something that's going to set it apart to its peers Mm. in in that street yeah or that that area Um, you know just for example we we are very picky with our assets so when we would go do our trips to the northwest coast we would go up there we'd inspect a property we'd come back home -hmm, And mm -hmm. we do that rinse and repeat all the time. So a lot of time invested. A lot of time. So for us, that's a you know that's seven hours of driving each Mm. day, and so we we'd literally go up each day Mm. and and do that. So it took a lot of time, but we were really stubborn and picky about that. And you know, Touchwood hopefully it does pay off one day. But to give you some context around that X factor, we've five out of our six properties have water views. Sure, because we thought that was something that we believe is really important, Um, and. I don't know, for me I just really like my water views as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Who you doesn't? know, we, we've I've had it a lot... Um, this, ...this happens quite... ...it's a common feedback from owners where um, they'll go... ...oh, yeah, and this has got water views. And I said, yes, but so does half of Hobart. Mm. Well, I don't say it that bluntly, you know. You don't because you just immediately insult someone's ego. The thing is though... Um, where the long-term perception of that water view is the, probably the biggest value. So, exactly. the and the real X factor return on that might not be for five or ten years. Um, however, they're always going to have a better return on being able to see the water versus looking at a brick wall.
0: You've hit the nail on the head perfectly, and that was essentially our vision. We thought we don't when we purchase these properties, we're not looking. ...you know, entirely how they're going to perform the next one to five years. Mm. We're looking for a 20-year horizon, a 30-year horizon. Yeah. What's going to happen at the end of that period? Like, who will want to buy this house? Mm. You know, we know that, you know, you can't, you can't grow more land, right? Yes. You, you can't change, you know. So that was something that's super important to us. We wanted to think how will this perform in 30 years yeah. when we sell it. See, there was... Um... Something
2: just came to mind. I was going to dig it down. We you talked about property cycle. Now my understanding of that is effectively talking about a, a doubling in price. Would that be sort of you'd be looking for an end of a cycle to?
0: Generally speaking, yes.
2: Yeah, right. yeah. Because I think the um, and I know in Tassie that happened 14 years ago. So you had 2001 to 2003. Um, we've really had it from between 2015 to 2021. So you know you think about that. That's 14. ...14 years or so before that sort of those things um, cycled through. Um, now it would be great to say that prices always double in every 30 years. Um, maybe you may, you may or may not have to pay a million dollars for a property in Ulverston... ...overlooking the water. Who's to say? But what I think is a danger spot I suppose... ...is that everyone's been an expert over the last few years. Um, ...and the danger of that is to always think that everything's always going to be good all the time. Um, It seems to me that you acknowledge the fact that you bought at an opportunistic time... ...which has been greatly to your benefit... ...but you didn't buy because you're out of fear of missing out... ...or because you wanted to time the market, you bought when you could... At at the price you could with a property whose numbers made sense.
0: Spot on. Exactly. We um that was a huge part of our plan. Uh, you know, making sure we had the opportunities there to to strike when the iron's hot. Yes. Uh, but also a big part of that was getting the finance sorted at the back end. So instead okay. of doing it in a linear fashion and saying, Okay, we're gonna do property one, then two, then three, then four, mm. we looked at our finances and we, we we got things in order so that we could buy two at the same time. Interesting. In very close succession. Okay. It was a nightmare with paperwork. Sure. And having to liaise with (laughs) different providers. Mm. Um, But, you know, in large part we were pretty much back to back to back with a lot of stuff. And we just thought we, you know, we're under no illusions. We know that this is unprecedented times, particularly for Tasmania. Sure. And we know this is not going to last forever. So we thought, okay, if we are going to um, execute our decisions against Mm. our plan, this is the time to do it.
2: Well, see, even then that... um and it's a fair objection, you know. People go, well it's e- easy when you've bought it but at the bottom of the market. And fair enough, you know. Um, that said though is that even if you are buying today the rules
0: don't change. I know? don't think the rules change at all. Yeah, it really comes down to the fundamentals of property.
2: Yeah, and so it's that thought well... I mean there's a pretty bloody good lessons to take out of it. Sense well, don't don't go to the broker with one in mind, go to the broker with two.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And so it's all right. Well, if we are going to make this work, okay, well, we're going to need to borrow more money but maybe we have to adjust the price values that we're going to look to buy but we can leverage two from the same um, homework than we would just one. So that's pretty damn good. It saves some time. Mm. Um, and I, 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 what? But one thing I would have to – I want to ask, like I can only – there's obviously a big sacrifice of your time. Like you said, you're driving up, you know, back and forth, back and forth. What else have you both sort of sacrificed from, you know, today in terms of um, nice things I guess you could say? Like did you both with this plan in mind say, look, we're going to delay getting the caravan now in lieu of our financial plan? Is it? What, what were the sort of sacrifices that you guys had a, you've made along the way?
0: That's a really good question. Um, thankfully we've both been... Relatively sensible without okay. consumer spending. Um, my wife has always been of that mindset. For me, not so much. So, a bit of my backstory is that um, I was the kind of person that would always sort of shout drinks or buy dinner for everyone and mm. I'd always put it on the credit card, right? Mm, mm. And this was like, you know, um, uh, about 2015. Sure. Uh, sort of hit this point where I was actually in about 40K of consumer debt. Yep, been there. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, it's so easy to do. Yeah. So easy to get access to credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so for me, financial literacy is now something I'm super passionate about because mm. I sort of hit this hit this low point and I um developed this spreadsheet. That's probably where my love of spreadsheets come from. Okay, developed this spreadsheet where I'd plot out each fortnight how much I needed to pay back, and so I worked really hard and aggressively to pay that off. All right. So that gave me some really great lessons around money management, and I'm really mm. grateful to have that opportunity because if someone says, look, you know, you've just got Got privilege, being able to get all these properties. I can say hand on heart. Look, I actually went through some struggles myself, and I really understand what it can be like.
2: Well, the other thing, if to, to to fall on the back of going, oh, you got privilege, is what? Well, it's such a. I think it's a really ignorant, insulting term because it actually gives no credit at all to a person's story or struggles. Mm. And it gives no acknowledgement of the discipline and sacrifices that are made for someone to be able to v- progress themselves to a really good position.
0: Mm, absolutely, it's really interesting because, like you know, the the caravan or the car. Like I personally don't need that stuff. You know, I have um, a 2007 Toyota Corolla with a couple of chips in the windscreen. <laughs> it's great <laughs> for me. It's reliable. I love it. Yeah. Um, but I don't personally need anything fancier sure um so you know i guess having that mindset really helps around i'm not going to use the word frugal because i think that's a different word but just living within your means sure that's really what it is and so for us in terms of what we sacrificed well we sacrificed a lot of stress there's a lot of headaches it was challenging
2: mm,
0: mm. our entire world for a couple of years was more or less consumed by finance so you know there's no illusions that it's an easy ride and i think it's of an analogy for life but you have to work hard. There's no other way around it <laughs> yeah. and you'll, you'll get out what you put in.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess one thing is it's still like, um, you know, people go, well, I, 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 you know, I work really hard and there's, you know, people are... In a, I don't think none of us would say that every everyone's position is equal and every little piece of advice is equal to each individual. Mm. You know, if you're – for those that are just really stuck in the fact that no matter how hard they're working just in that one particular way that it's going to produce a positive result, um, I think in some ways though is that there are little bits that we can change in ourselves over time that it may take 10 years for a person to do the same. It may take someone 10 months. Mm. Um, I think though that when, especially when it comes to property investment, when you hark back to those goals that you have on that fridge. It's this little reminder that goes, no matter how crap things are right now, no matter how hellish things are for us right now, together as a team, we've got a goal and we're going to go for it. And every little every little element that you make, either just you don't buy this here, you create a little spreadsheet here, you learn another little thing here. Um, you know, it was amazing that you guys were able to achieve, you know, you know, accelerate this um, process so quickly at a really opportunistic time. But you could have been the same person who didn't do any of this stuff. Mm. And the idea, oh, it was all good for you because you bought back then. But a lot of people could have bought back then, but didn't buy back then. Um, so the this position is a result of, you know, disciplined research, hard work, and action, and you know, taking action. Spot on, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's that. I mean, the, it's so cool to to have you here, mate. And I think. Um, because one of one of the things that I you know I think it would be really awesome to have you back because we just covered so much well well in, in very little bits of piece but it'd be I'd know about you but it'd be cool to be uh, we've got a few friends of the pod and mate if you're you know keen to come back and I suppose uh, be fun to um, over time to talk about um, a lot more nitty gritty on specific if for those that are interested in learning you know the um, the reason why you bought one specific property and uh, we're not doing a broad overview of who you are on your terms mm. we'd love to have you back.
0: Of course, I'd love to. I mean, for me, the most fulfilling part of this is actually these conversations. Yeah, cool. You know, being able to share these experiences and sort of affect change for people that might be on the fence or might see something on Facebook and, you know, and just want to jump in there and do it. It's like, okay, we'll sort of slow down a little bit because the great thing about property is that no one strategy is the same. Mm. There are so many variables and what work what will work for me might not work for someone else. Yeah, cool. And so I will share my experience and I hope that people are able to take or glean insights or bits of information from that that mm. can help with that strategy. And for me, I'm really passionate about this stuff, so definitely would love to be back.
2: Yeah, brother. Absolutely.
1: Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's official. Yeah. <laughs> My life has been a waste of time yeah yeah, 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 I spent too much money. <laughs> sure, I like all the nice toys with the caravan and the trucks and stuff, but, yeah, man, yeah. Chris's portfolio, that is an impressive journey in such a short period of time.
2: Well, I really think the – to me, the, the idea of the goals in the fridge is – Probably one of the biggest takeaways from that from my perspective because it just it, – it focuses what everything he's going to do on a daily basis and it's mm. like if they've got a joint mes- joint vision to say, hey, this is what we're doing um, and they're not in conflict, I think that's an awesome um, thing for him and his partner to carry through, you know.
1: Mm. Well. I think today's been a real eye-opener into someone in the investment space and how they've got into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to get Chris back over the next couple of months. He seems yeah. pretty keen to become a new of member the of the show. Yep. And I think we have to say, look out, Simon Fresley, there may be a new knowledge king in yeah. town. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You might have a fanboy. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We're probably going to wrap it up because this episode has gone a little bit longer than normal, but there was just too much good content not to have it. So we'll get Chris back. We'll get him on to talk more about investing in property in the marketplace. And Mm. once again, everyone, thanks for listening to the show. Till next time.